What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, we'll go over what we learned in week four of the NFL. Let's do it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. All right, let's get right into it. Week four of the NFL wrapping up tonight. We've got two Monday night football games, but we're going to go over this weekend's games, Sunday's games, and kind of start looking at what we've learned, what we can take away from this week. What should we not react to? What should we react to? See, after the first week of the season, we came out on the, the next Monday, and my biggest message to everyone was don't overreact. You're going to see things. You're going to fall for things. What you're seeing in week one does not necessarily reflect what you're going to see week three or week five or week seven, right? So on and so forth. But now at this point in the season, we're approaching the 25% mark, right? After they all play four games, we'll be a quarter of the way done with the year. Well, you know, this is week four. So after tonight, you know, we'll, we'll kind of have a good estimation or at least a decent estimation how good these teams can be. Often you're going to get teams who start slow, end up hot, start hot, end up uh, cold, right? That's okay. That's not really what we're talking about. Now, if there's a way to identify that, we'll go ahead and do that. But right now it's about taking information as we get it and reacting properly to each week. So going back, looking at NFL week four, here's a couple things that I took away from it. First of all, the squares this weekend, right? The public got absolutely killed, just killed. Everyone who I look, everyone who I follow, my friends, you know, all these squares on Twitter, people were getting destroyed this weekend in the NFL. Why do you think that is? It's because everyone overreacted to the first three weeks of the season and they're overvaluing favorites. See, the first couple weeks of the year, there were so many lines. I mean, I mean, probably like a half dozen over the first couple weeks where myself, uh, friends of mine who are really sharp, you know, other people who I listen to who are professional bettors, the, the, the squares were winning early. The pros were losing in the NFL early and the public was winning, right? Well, that's just not sustainable. But the reason that was happening is the favorites were winning, I mean, there were, there were several games where it's just like, yeah, that team sucks. This team's good. I don't care if they're minus seven, I'll take them. And they'd cover the spread, right? The overs have been covering. I think the overs are like 65% this year. <laughs> it's crazy. The public loves favorites. The public loves overs. That's why they've been doing so well through the first three weeks. This weekend, uh, it's a bit of a reality check. Oh, yeah, this is how the NFL goes. Sharps did well this weekend. Squares got killed this weekend. It was just a matter of time until things kind of bounced back to normal. See, the best teams in the NFL aren't just going to steamroll, right? But that's what everyone bets on. Uh, the 49ers are playing the Eagles. The Eagles have looked terrible. The 49ers have looked great. I think we were talking about this last week, and I actually heard this on a, a, a good show from... Uh, a website called pregame.com. They were talking about the fact that Howard Stern was mentioning that Carson Wentz was playing so bad. <laughs> you know, like when the USA Today, when the New York Times, when Howard Stern, when Good Morning America, are they're all talking about how bad the Eagles are and how bad Carson Wentz is. That was probably the time to play the Eagles last weekend, right? When it, when, when my grandma and, and, and people who never watch the NFL, they're like, boy, the Eagles are bad this year. That's when you know, well, they're probably valuing the Eagles, right? When everyone's going one way, we want to go the other way as professional betters. But what happened early in the year, the first three weeks, when everyone's going one way, we went the other way. We were doing okay. Now, granted, on the show, we're doing pretty well. My teasers are keeping me alive, but the squares got killed this week, and it was just a matter of time till it happened. 
I also mentioned my teasers. I wasn't really planning on going here. I want to quickly go over this because I've heard from several, several of you guys about the teasers that I give out in the NFL. And while I didn't give a teaser last weekend, it was the first weekend this year I haven't given one. I'm 3-0 and on my teasers. And I know a lot of you guys don't feel comfortable with teasers, but there's a reason why professionals tease games. It's not just... If you think a team's too expensive, this is how squares use teasers, right? Uh, boy, that team's plus 10. Well, hey, if we buy some if we buy some points, we can get them down to plus 4. Four. I like or, or uh, uh, minus four. Excuse, sorry, I fucked that one up. If a team's plus ten and we buy some points, we can get them up to plus sixteen, right? Or if a team's minus ten, and we buy some points, eh, we can get them all down to four. That's how squares use use teasers, right? You just don't like the the line, and so you're just gonna buy it down. Well, let's find another team to put it with. That's not why we use teasers. We strategically want to place advantage teasers that move through both three and seven. Why? Because three and seven are key numbers. The average game lands on three or seven a vast majority of the time when it's close. And so when you can go through both of those key numbers, you provide an exponential advantage to yourself. And when you find a sports book that only charges 10 cents or so every increment you go up, these advantage teasers are very, very important, right? And it's a, it's an important topic to remember. Maybe we can do an entire show on this. But Buying points in the NFL or college football is crucial that you buy the correct points through the correct corridor. And if you move through both three and seven, you have what we call an advantage teaser. Those are usually the only kind of teasers we make. We often don't make teasers where you're teasing teams. Uh, this, the, 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 the most hysterical teasers that I always see is when you take like a plus you know, a heavy underdog plus nine or plus 10 and tease them up to like plus 16 or 17. Those are worthless. Or when you just tease a team to win, who's a seven point favorite, i.e. the 49ers last night. So I just kind of wanted to get that out there. I've heard from several of you guys. Well, hey, Tyler, I made your singles, but I don't know about those teasers. Hey guys, if we're giving bets out on the show, you know, they're a bet that you should take. So I don't know, make the bets. If you don't like them, that's fine. But I don't want to hear from you guys when you go 500, but you could have gone five and three if you would have just made the teasers. So, all right, let's move on. What we learned more in the uh, in week four of the NFL, and this is more uh, on the field and, and you know some direct handicapping news. The New Orleans Saints are going to be just fine, and it was funny because the narrative these last you know this last week or two that Drew Brees, his arm strength was gone, he's old, he's over there. These were all the squares. I mean, it's so funny how fast the public just kind of flipped on Drew Brees. They, he went from being one of the most, you know, the, the most square, the most public quarterbacks in the league to just immediately, we're just cutting ties with him. This guy's old, his arm strength's gone. Everywhere I looked on Twitter last week from some of the worst handicappers, and that's the thing. When you're on Twitter, Find good handicappers. Give us a follow at Sharp Angle Pod, right? Other good handicappers out there on Twitter. But there's many more bad handicappers than there are good handicappers. But I like to keep in touch with the good or the bad handicappers. I like to see where they're at, what their mindset is, who they're betting, what they're putting out there in terms of information. And every almost every bad handicapper I follow on Twitter was like, uh, Drew Brees, over the hill, arm strength. It's like, no. They had a tough schedule. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL to start the season, right? They're kind of like the Patriots the last decade. They don't need to go 
start 4-0 every year. They're one of the best teams, one of the best coaching staffs. There, in my mind, was nothing wrong with the Saints starting slow. It, it, matter of fact, it was kind of expected. We should have all expected it if you just paid a little bit of attention in the past. But everyone's selling their Saints talk. It's like, no, the Saints are just fine. Drew Brees is just fine. And that's why we gave him out last week. You know, minus three on the road. We played the game. What would the line be if this were back in, in uh, New Orleans? And that's why we took him. But look, the Saints are going to be just fine. We should have expected the slow start. And for everyone saying, ah, Drew Brees, arm strength, fucking morons. Uh, next, the Bucks get a big comeback win yesterday. Improved to, I think they're three and one on the season. Let's look it up quickly. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The old joke, how much does corn cost? Err, buccaneer. All right, uh, three and one. Yeah, three and one on the, on the air. Look who they've played, though. I mean, probably one of the easier schedules in the entire NFL. They've played, well, look, the Saints game, they lost, right? For how slow the Saints start, the Saints beat them by 11 points first game of the year. So let's just put that out there. Next three games, Panthers, Broncos, Chargers. <laughs> Only road game was the Broncos. One of the worst teams in the league, okay? I would pump the brakes on Tom Brady's fine. The Bucs are going to go to the NFC Championship. I'm not saying Tampa's bad. I'm saying Tampa Bay fans and a lot of Tom Brady fanboys are loud this morning. And I think it's all unwarranted. Now, they are 3-1. and one, Tough to be 3-1. and one. I think they probably, the way the Bears play, they probably go get a win next week at the Bears. But once they finish next week's game at the Bears... Three of their next four games, they've got the Packers, they have to go to Las Vegas and play the Raiders, and then they play the Saints. Right, there's the Giants mixed in there. But the Buccaneers schedule gets gets very hard as you go through the year. When we get to November, this is the Buccaneers' November schedule. Saints, Panthers, Rams, Chiefs. Wow. And the Panthers, by the way, getting better. So let's pump the brakes on Tampa Bay, Right. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm not saying Tom Brady's bad. I'm saying right now, probably overrated. We're going to see what this line opens up. Bucks, Bears next week. Right now, though, pump the brakes on the Bucks. All right, let's get to the Cleveland Browns because they had a big win this weekend. Who took the over in the Browns game? My God, that was crazy. 49-38, Browns get the win on the road at Dallas. And my takeaway, the Browns need to run the football. Now, this isn't really news to anybody, right? Sort of like the the Saints thing. If you've really been paying attention, the Browns are actually, I think they're a top 10 team for sure, or they're a playoff team for sure when they run the football religiously, right? Now, I don't have, unfortunately, I searched and searched my notes this morning. I don't have the exact stat on me, but the, the, the stat for Baker Mayfield throwing the football goes something like this. When Baker Mayfield throws the ball 26 times or more, the, the Browns are terrible. They're like 8-25 and 25 or something like that. Now, again, these are off the top of my head, so it may not be that exact record, but it's bad. When Baker Mayfield throws the football a lot, it is bad for the Browns. When he throws the ball 25 times or fewer, the Browns have like one of the best records in the NFL the last couple of years. They are pretty much unstoppable. Great offensive line, great running backs. You know, Baker Mayfield needs to work off the play action, Really get that run set up to open up the short, medium pass. And then you can get the ball to these great skill guys on the outside, and they're just fine. The Browns are like the Bills. If they can get good, not great, good quarterback play, they're going to be one of the best teams in the league. And from what I saw this weekend, 
the Browns coaching staff, the uh, what's the Browns' new coach's name? We're looking up a lot today. Uh, Kevin St- yeah, Kevin Stefanski. Look, I'm not saying he's the next Bill Belichick, but he gets it right. He understands how this team can win, and it's not a coincidence. The Browns are three and one. I think this is a good team. I think Baker Mayfield is being honed in and asked to do what he does best. And the Browns, if they continue to run the football, look at some player props, look at some daily fantasy, whatever. But if they continue to run the football, they're going to be just fine. They may win the AFC North. So Browns, uh, and again, I don't want to overreact. I don't want to make it seem like the Browns have one big game against Dallas and now everyone's freaking out. But look, the, the stats show, the data proves it. If Baker Mayfield just plays average, they're going to be a good football team. Uh, let's move on to the NFC West. The Arizona Cardinals have lost two in a row. And again, that's why we don't overreact. I mean, hey, if you end the season after two weeks, Kyler Murray is the MVP. Uh, you know, Arizona's got the coaching staff of the year, one of the better teams. It's like, no, we have to take a deep breath. That's what I. That's what we said after the first week. That's what we're saying now. That's what. That's what's important, right? Now we should still look at data, still look at stats. There's a reason why things happen, but the Arizona Cardinals are not nearly the team a lot of people thought they were. They were three point favorite on the road yesterday. That is crazy. Arizona, three-point favorite on the road to Carolina. I don't care how bad Carolina's looked this year. And that's another perfect fucking example, right? Oh, Carolina, they looked so bad this year. Arizona, they've looked good this year. Give me the cards, minus three. What a square take. What a square public play. Guys, don't overreact to short sample size. We've talked about it all the time. It's so important. And my last takeaway from the weekend, the Philadelphia Eagles could barely beat Nick Mullins and the 49ers. I don't know if I've seen a quarterback look worse in the last 10 years. Nick Mullins was lost, scared, confused. He's like a three-year-old lost in the mall. And then, uh, uh, who who is it? Uh, C.J. Beathard? (laughs) By the way, C.J. Beathard looks like he he sells licorice door-to-door. This is a funky dude, right? He comes in, he goes like seven for seven, first drive, looks great. Hey, everyone who bet, hey, all you squares who bet the 49ers, I bet you wish you would have started the whole game, right? My God, Nick Mullins looked so bad. And it came down to a fourth quarter pick six for the Eagles to essentially wrap that thing up. So, so you talk about not overreacting, and we mentioned it earlier when when Howard Stern, Good Morning America, talking about Carson Wentz, how bad they are. Last week was a good good time to buy them. You're probably not going to be able to buy the Eagles lower the entire year. That's where we want to buy 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 low, sell high, right? Well, after that win last night, I'm not sure everyone's necessarily going to be on Philadelphia, but I'm not getting too excited. I'm not going to overreact to that, right? The Eagles beat a good 49ers team on the road. Yeah, so what? Nick Mullins looked terrible. 49ers looked very bad. Eagles could barely beat them. That's that's a question mark for the Eagles. But All right, so that does it for my week four takeaways. The squares got killed and things are finally evening out. So, all right, thanks for listening today. Good luck with uh, the games tonight. We don't, I don't love much tonight. Um, what are we got the 10 and a half point favorites in terms of the chiefs. And I mean, here's my, I can give a quick handicap for each game. I don't love each either game. Like I said, but I mean, that seems like it's accurately priced to me, right? Cam Newton goes out, they mark it down, you know, another, uh, uh, two and a half, three points, which is what Cam Newton should be worth. 
the Patriots also have been really, you know, the Patriots are a team that needs their uh, locker room time, right? Their, their, their film time. They need to study. Since Cam Newton tested positive, the Patriots haven't even been together as a team. They kind of split the team up into two categories. Those who were around Cam Newton a lot and then those who weren't. Those who weren't flew to a completely different airport. They haven't even been with the other uh, part of the team. Now, the teams will meet today in Kansas City, but they've been isolated. They haven't been able to practice. Uh, Cam Newton, their starting quarterback, is out. So look, I'm not going to give a pick or a lean for tonight or anything like that, but the Patriots have not been in a good situation. Meanwhile, Kansas City had that early coronavirus scare, ended up testing negative. They're really okay. They're at home in the cozy confines. Now, there's a reason the spread's 10.5, but giving you guys a little insight what's going on this weekend with the Patriots, it, it, it's, it's tough to take the pats here. It really is. And the other game tonight, uh, Green Bay. The line has moved. It stayed pretty strong. The line was seven all week long. It moved to six and a half. Or excuse me, it moved to six this morning. But really, one of my main handicaps for this game is just the injuries to each side. It's so tough to really accurately you know, get a good gauge on how team, each team's going to come out tonight because they're so banged up. Now, the Atlanta Falcons, four starters definitely going to be out. And they might also, uh, let's see, Keanu Neal, Ricardo Allen, uh, Young Ho Koo, uh, uh, Tack McKinley, all out. Also, Julio, uh, Julio, Julio, <laughs> Julio, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley could also miss tonight. So I actually think both receivers more, more than likely going to play. But, you know, you start looking at the injuries across Atlanta, a bit of a question mark, right? Not going to have their full team. Now, this is normal in the NFL, just not this much early in the season. But then go to the other side of the football. The Green Bay Packers, they're even more injured than, than Atlanta is. You know that Christian Kirksey's out. Alan Lazard's going to be out. And they have a lot more guys who are questionable, leaning towards doubtful. Devontae Adams, Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, uh, their, their punter, J.K. Scott, uh, linebackers, Darius Smith. All of these guys are questionable, leaning doubtful, may not play tonight. So based on the injuries for both sides, it is a very, very tough play for me. I mean... I really don't have even a lean right here, right? If there was no injuries and this line was the same, but well, we shouldn't even play that game. That's a stupid game to play. That's a square game to play. I'm not going to do that. But based on the injuries, based on the current line, I would probably lean Atlanta, but that's why the line's been bet down from plus seven to plus six. I mean, that's a very, very key number. We came off of seven all week long, and now dealing with six, that's why it's not bettable for me. And by definition, remember guys, by definition, if the line is correct, we don't make a bet. We only make bets if the line is wrong. And I think this plus six, you know, minus six for the Packers, plus six for the Falcons is, is, is pretty spot on. So injuries going on in that uh, second game tonight. All right, that does it for today's show. Good luck, whatever you guys have going, and we will talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle. <laughs>